Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Mizzy. And I'm Ross. <laughs> we're going to welcome Ross to the podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about him, but before we do that, we've got to get to all the business. Welcome to episode 262. Man, we've 61. Been... Oh, is it 61? I thought we were at 62. Oh, no, it is 61. Because... You typed 61, so... Yeah, we are 61 because... Uh, what was it? Um... Zambies was 60. 260. Yes. Yeah. She was doing that. I'm trying to fix your screen, Mizzy. Why did you have always call these problems? I broke the internet. I'm sorry. It's all the cool lipstick you're wearing. Yes. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode 261. Today we have Ross Thompson on the air. We're going to be talking about his life in general, all the cool things he's working on. Before that, we got to get to the business because the business pays the bills. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting all of our channels and giving all our stuff. Make sure if you like anything, make sure you check them out. They do have a link uh, so we can, if you find something you like, buy something. Gives a small little kickback to us. Maybe get a little discount. I don't know. We have to worry about some stuff. Uh, we want to thank Parallel War Games. Uh, if you purchase anything with them, you do get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, and we do see a little bit of uh, kickback from that that helps us pay for the bills. Uh, and also brand new camera equipment. Uh, that we're paying off uh, <laughs> type stuff. We want to thank Turbo Dork. Um, and next week we'll be giving away a $50 gift certificate to Turbo Dork. So make sure you check out next week's episode. Um, and then also want to thank Midnight Heroes, which also will be at Warfare Weekend, by the way. And a special miniature will be available at Warfare Weekend from them. Can't, Can't tell you anything you, yet. You guys are going to want it. Yeah, this one's pretty cute. Um, no. It's, it's dope. Um, we also want to thank Creature Caster for uh, sponsoring our channel. Um, don't forget, I know that lately I haven't been able to be on Thursdays for the painting of Judgment Models uh, using Cephalopod paint. Uh, sorry, I had to go get stitches taken out of my head. Um, and that just kind of, you know, other things that had to happen. But we do appreciate. And uh, we will be giving a review with all the Cephalopod paints pretty soon. Um, by the way, I like them. Um, there's a quick one, but other than that, we do have some shout outs this week. Captain Mizzy, what shout outs do we have this week? So we've got four that I know of. We've okay. got, uh, actor Treat Williams, uh, John Romita Sr. He's a comic book artist. And then there were two authors, uh, Julie Garwood and Cormac McCarthy. Hmm. Now I, what's, what's interesting about the whole thing is, um, Treat Williams. I didn't know his name, but you know, his face. Yeah, you you know his face from everywhere within the oh there was the first alarm for the first cat ears but that's over with you got me for an hour um, and it was interesting because I was like I didn't know the name but I saw the face and I'm like oh I know who this person is easily um, oh, from what I understand he uh, he passed away from a motorcycle wreck yep. uh, which is a very sad thing. Uh, people that ride motorcycles, you, I mean, I know we got to say be careful if you're riding a motorcycle, but if you're driving, be careful of people riding motorcycles because that's one of the big issues uh, going on. Um, and who is the comic book artist? Uh, John Romita Sr. Which you've seen his work. Everybody has seen his work, whether you like it or not. Um, everything that he's done for the comic book industry, you've seen it, you know it type thing. Um and I mean, it was it was an older gentleman, but it's when you're a pioneer of the um, comic book industry, you know that that person had had an effect on a ton of people's lives. Oh yeah, type thing. 
any, any type of artist influences other artists. I have no clue why your screen decided to just be a pain, Mizzy. I'm going to blame you. I told you I time. broke it. So I'll have to fix it later. Um, guys, we always say this every episode. We always mean it. We always want you to take care of yourself. We always want you to make sure that you're being safe, that, you know, you're being healthy. Um, and always, like usual, make sure if you see something, say something. If you can do something, do something. And if you can't, find someone that will. Um, but now the very most important thing in the entire world to us right now and to our viewers. Ross, what are you drinking today? Oh, uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain Mizzy, what's your drinking choice for tonight? So I've got a little bit of Sprite Zero and Blue Curacao because I had just enough and... Um, Friday, I found out that I cannot drink anymore. I am the lightest of weights after a a shot of rum, so <laughs> I, I, I am I, I am avoiding alcohol again. Um, but I've got that, and then I've got a glass of water because hydration. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so. Just like everything else, guys, I am still on medication. They still have me on steroids, uh, so I don't drink. And you know what? So interesting about that is I haven't really had a desire, but... Um, how that happens. It is. Uh, so my doctor also put me on um, THC for pain and um, high CBDs for uh, inflammation. And for some reason, my alcohol craving has gone like... Yeah, type thing. like like that shot that I had Friday, that was the first kind of anything I've had in months. Just yeah. so not a thing anymore. <laughs> but with that, I do have to have I got to keep hydrated. I uh, still got to get, you know, water in still got to have, you know, I'm not going to mix anything with steroids. I'm not supposed to. So just keeping it all good. Um, guys, like we said, please take care of yourself. Please watch after each other. And get ready, because Ross is going to talk your ear off, and he's going to lead this entire thing for the next seven <laughs> hours. So be sure. prepared. Yeah, yeah, Love yeah. it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Up. Oh, yeah. shit. This? This is some good H2O. I can tell this is like 2023 refrigerator <laughs> H2O. <laughs> Not tap got that, water. Got that high quality. H2O. It's got that see, high quality. See, I am a heathen and I have tap water. Filtered cold right out of the refrigerator. That's what I'm drinking too, buddy. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps it going. So today we have on here, and there's a special reason. Um, Ross is a very important person to me, whether he knows it or sees it. I always look up to Ross. I've looked up to Ross for years because you to me are the, and, and, and this is not a, not a kick or anything. The good boy of the miniature gaming scene type thing. Um, you were always very pleasant, very cordial, very nice to everybody. You're always looking out for things. You're always doing things for other people type stuff, uh, which is always really good. Um, and you're always, you're always in the know. So if there's something I need to know about, I'm like, hey, I know who knows it. And so I always look up to Ross and I'm like, if there's anybody that, you know, I need to look towards any gaming related stuff, I always ask Ross. 
Um, and he either tells me or says, no, go away, Gonzo. And I'm like, no, okay. <laughs> but Ross has his hands in a ton of stuff. So, Ross, how did you get started in the gaming scene? How did you start doing this? You want to talk about the very various jobs you've done? Sure. Anything like yeah. that? You know, give a little background. I mean, who is the man that is Ross? Oh, well, first off, thank you so much for the kind words. That really means a lot. And uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm touched. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so I got my start in gaming. Interesting. Um, let's see. I used to work at a game store, I guess. Let's start there back in the beginning. Uh, I used to uh, work at a game store called Game Empire here in San Diego with Cliff. That was back in high school. And then from there, essentially... I helped form a game club with a bunch of buddies called the SoCal Beach Thralls. And then we had this game club. Uh, it's got a mechanic thrall and it. it's a war machine game club, right? So we all did some stuff. So it was a black shirt, white logo, uh, and the SoCal Beach Thrall had surfboard and some flip flops and <laughs> board shorts and the whole thing. And we were every Monday we were playing War Machine. Uh, you know, during like summer, like all Mark One stuff, right? So like oh, yeah. summer rampage stuff and all those good times with all of that. And uh, I essentially, when I became a press ganger, I went to TempleCon, and mm-hmm. then it was my first time like on a forum, going to a convention that wasn't Comic Con San Diego. So going from like the big one to a wargaming only thing was a trip. On the on the way over there, I ran into Biggie and Kevin at in Chicago airport, and had a ride with them, which was great. I got to catch up, and then got to the show, and you know worked the whole time as the press gangers do when we were at those things back in the day, right? For the people that don't and, know, a press ganger was. Oh my gosh, we have to do that, don't we? Yeah. So a press ganger was a volunteer for Privateer Press that would run tournaments, campaigns, leagues, demos, all in their own little store and or region. And essentially you would then turn in your events that you did for store credit, and then you would get points for that that you could spend on product, though most press gangers really just spent that stuff on product to then give back for other events door prizes yeah oh cool this tournament we did is going to get me a behemoth that'll yeah. now go for the next raffle during our next league whatever right yep. so um which was super cool so yeah so we, so like there was a whole community of people that i met out of that which was great but then i i pretty much came back from temple con and was like oh cool we need to get going on that and get something out here in southern california and so i was press ganging for and working with other press gangers here in southern california with Robin and Adam and Darren and lots of cool folk. And we were running events um, in San Diego and LA and Riverside and Vegas and Arizona for a couple of years. And it was great, but it was like, I'm tired of traveling so much, you know? And so we decided to do like a central based thing. And we had a big tournament. We had like 30, 40 people all together in Southern California, all playing. And it was like, great. That was, that was really cool we could do more. So then I decided with some buddies to then put together uh, kingdom con, which was yep. this convention that I ran. Um, and so our first year uh, was ambitious, right? We wanted to do all these things and see what we could get together. But as an, as like a 20 year old, what a really good idea to do that because you learn a lot about yourself <laughs> and what you, and what you can ask your friends to do uh, when putting together a convention, uh, which you know, all about, about, right? So it's like, Hey, what can we do? Do all this stuff, right? So I took her from my parents' garage, and we were making terrain and doing all these things and carving foam. And Gale Force Nine sent us a bunch of uh, 
of uh, flock and stuff like that, which we were just like, you know, pouring this far away from the ground and just watching oh. all that stuff. Fly. Oh, we were having a good Oof. time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like watching just liquid money fly away into the. It was good. It was wonderful, wonderful times. That we had terrain for all these tables and all these things. Anyway, so while that was all going on, um, Private Press had an opening for a uh, for a retail support role, right? So I uh, had submitted for that and then got hired. So I was able to go work at Private Press as a retail support person and doing retail support right during the Mark One to Mark Two transfer. Ooh. Yeah, good times. So, um, so that was my first job in the gaming industry. Was essentially being hired at Private Press. So I packed up everything in San Diego and then moved to Seattle, and uh, I lasted there uh, a little bit, maybe like five six months, right? And uh, it just it wasn't for me. I think I enjoyed volunteering more than I did working for him. And uh, it, it became a job. It became a job job, right? Yes. And uh, I was like, you know what? This isn't this isn't what I want to do. And uh, I was great. I kind of got to see behind the veil and do all that. Um, so I came back down to San Diego. And pretty much when I got back down to San Diego, um, this company called Cool When You're Not reached out. Um, and at the time, they were still a website that was uh, an online store for miniatures. And they had a website where you could vote on if miniatures were cool or not. That was the whole point. And their goal that they wanted to do was get their company more involved in the gaming industry. And they wanted to bring on publishers so they could make games. They wanted to get more um, miniature companies so they could have those available in their online store so that you could vote on a miniature and then buy it if you wanted. That was like, you know. Oh, I remember the- those days. I yeah. remember voting voting for miniatures. Because I would go on there looking for paint schemes. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I did. I was like, oh, let's just look in. You know, Oh, I want to see what a new paint scheme looks like. And I'll look on the Cool Mini or Not website and – Look at it like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to steal this there idea. Was. Oh, yeah, right. So that was super cool. And uh, so I essentially got there at a time right when we were doing all of that. And so I was I was able to help them form their Legion program, which was their volunteer program. Yep. I was able to help them kind of get a lot of this stuff um, going on with their larger miniature product on the, the game zone miniatures with that and everything there. This is what working Mike McVeigh was there at the time, right? So there was sedition wars was going on and his whole line of stuff. And they brought on Kevin Clark to work with a lot of cool things there as well. And then we went to a PAX East and we were talking to the guys from fun to 11 and they had just rolled off doing Mississippi school for girls on Kickstarter that raised $32,000. And then everyone was like, Oh my gosh, that's so much money what is this thing called Kickstarter, which was just crazy, right? And so then at the time, we had had Super Dungeon Explorer, and we had a couple of the games called River Wars and stuff like that. So we decided to bring one of those games to crowdfunding, which ended up being Zombicide. So we brought Zombicide to crowdfunding on Kickstarter uh, the week of Adepticon. So I pretty much lived down the hall from the exhibitor thing and ran demos of Zombicide, um, with living on Red Bull and pizza and doing that whole thing there. And like we went back with, with D6 Generation and a couple other, you know, folks getting all those. Back when it was a lot different to do marketing on, on that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so I was there for a while. And essentially, I worked at, I ended up working at Cool When You're Not for about a year or two, um, which was great. And they were, they, we were able to grow them from, uh, from essentially, 
the miniatures thing they were to this board game thing. We were able to get them into distribution, which was super cool, and a lot of that stuff there. But they were uh, they were kind of in this thing of like, great, this is super fun. But they were growing and moving in a direction. I didn't want to move to Atlanta, Georgia, which is where they were. Everything was kind of being based out of there. And I was like, cool, Hot thank Atlanta. you so much for, for I, I, this is all great and the growth you guys are doing, but I want to go in a different direction. So I ended up leaving Kumani or not and then going with Ninja Division uh, back when they formed their company, right? And <laughs> which is kind of like a, it's interesting to look up back on that now, right? But yeah, so I was their first like real employee. Uh, they had like five owners, right? And so it was them and we launched out the gate with Robotech Tactics. Right, which talk about that whole campaign, doing that whole thing there, right? And the we, stories that, I could tell just on that campaign alone that I won't. Um, that, that, that's always been a hot button issue anytime we talk about yeah. Kickstarters because uh-huh. I was in on that Kickstarter. I was mm-hmm. so in. I was like, I'm a huge Robotech fan. You know, I can't wait to get this. I was like all in on it. And then the models came in and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's amazing the stuff little changes behind the scenes that can really affect how the end product comes out. Oh yeah. Right. And, and with crowdfunding, it's so interesting because you're trying to get as much as you can out the door. And that was back in the golden age of crowdfunding when it was like, here's concept art for a stretch goal and we'll just add it in. Yeah. Right? So like every, every like 20 K it was like, here's a new concept art thing. Boom, stretch goal, next thing. And we have no idea how we're going to make it or do any of those things. And that was just how it was. And it was, it was intoxicating how much money you could raise based on, oh, yeah, oh think, hey, let's throw together some stuff and do a thing, right? So Yeah, like a few million dollars it raised? Yeah, I think I, I think like two or three, right? Yeah. So, um, which was cool. But then, of course, you know, it ended up how it did. And essentially, um, yeah, we did a couple good ones. And I left there about another two years into, or a year or two, um, right before they we did Super Dungeon Explorer Legends. Right, so I left right as they were gearing up for that. Um, just you know, hey, this was this, this isn't where I want to be. Uh, love you guys, but did all that. So I ended up going to after that. Um, oh my gosh, I went to the op, I think, and so the the first time. And uh, no, 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 I went to LA next. I went to LA. Oh yeah, I did. Sorry, I've been around a little bit. So <laughs> just a little. Okay, let's let, like you, you, yeah. you, you, you've been West Coast. Tried to force you to go to Hotlanta, and then you well, decided to go. Well, Ninja wanted to get me to go to Idaho and live in live in Boise. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, so then after that, I ended up going to L.A. and working for White Moon Dreams. And White Moon Dreams was the guys that made War Machine Tactics. Yep, um, I remember that. Which was super cool. Yeah, so I was working there, and then I was writing for Geek and Sundry at the same time. Right, which was back when they were still on their high point with because tabletop was still going on and everything there, and uh, that was fun. Getting to work for a video game company was super cool and kind of in that like transition of uh, War Machine getting ready for Mark III, and we were doing the video game stuff and we got on a humble bundle when that went on and we had some of the biggest launch weekends and and play weekends while I was there, which was great. And yeah, and then you know, kind of being in LA was a whole the whole thing like as a, as a San Diegan uh, doing that move and I was there for a while uh, which was good but I while I was there and all the whole time still I'm still doing Kingdom Con too which is kind of interesting like I was still doing my convention so that was happening every year and doing all of that and but while I was there uh, a bunch of guys from USAopoly reached out and were like hey 
and they're out of Carlsbad. And, and if you don't know Yosiopoli, pretty much any licensed Monopoly, Clue, or Risk, they're the guys that do that, right? And so they were like, hey, we're getting ready to do a hobby line. And we want to do like Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle and Thanos Rising and a lot of these games that you want to get into the hobby market. But our whole marketing team is very corporate toy based or mass market party game based. We don't have a lot of hobby experience. You want to come on and work for us. And so I came on as their hobby specialist and helped them with Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Back before that, Harry Potter all went its route. Right. And yep. then Thanos Rising had all that stuff. And then we did a thing game called The Thing. Right. So which was one of the best licensed versions of that game. And we did a bunch of munchkins, which was super cool. And I was we were doing about maybe 50 games a year Dang. while I was with them, which was crazy. So and they were local for San Diego, which was great. So I committed to San Diego and did all that. And they're some of the best people in the industry worker USA. I believe, man, it was just super fun to hang out with those guys and do all that. And then was there for about two years, I think, and then or a year or so, and then IDW reached out, and they're they were local too. They're the comic guys that do Turtles and all those things. And they're like, hey, you have a whole new games division. You want to be like a, a a marketing you know director kind of role for that? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So <laughs> then I ended up working for them, and right at a time where. Uh, they were in transition with their owners and they had multiple shows that were on Netflix. So like Winona Earp was doing its big thing and they were gearing up for lock and key. They had just picked up the Sonic, the Hedgehog license for the comics, which in case you don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog is the longest running consecutive comic in the U S. Um, <laughs> so like when wow. they came, uh, when we got Sonic, like the whole Japanese team from Sega came and it was like a big like passing of the of their baby, and they're like, "Well, don't screw this up. Like, you know where you live, kind of thing, right?" So uh, that was a whole cool thing there. And so when I was there, it was like four or five of us, and we were just you know making really cool games with Sonic the Hedgehog, and with we did the Legend of Korra Pro Bending Arena game that was really fun. We did some SpongeBob miniatures games that were wacky. Um, <laughs> We did a couple other ones that were pretty cool. and But while I was there, they had some big transitions. They went through multiple owners. Uh, you know, they went through a lot of stuff where it was identity crisis for their company. And essentially, the op reached back out. They were like, hey, uh, we're up the street. We hear things are going on. Do you want to do a more high-profile job with us again? And I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. So I went back there, went back to the op, and uh, was there for about two years. And what a great time they were. It was like hobby games had been flourishing. Party games were rocking and rolling. We had Hughes and Q's. We had Blank Slate that we're all having like best on Amazon sales ever. Um, we were really making it a really big effort. So I was really jazzed to do all that. I, I got their streaming program up and running. Um, and then the pandemic hit, right? So wow. then uh, while they were there, I kind of moved a lot of our stuff online. So we were doing a lot of party games on Twitch and doing that mm -hmm. and going to every single online convention they possibly had, doing all of those things. Uh, and 2019, unrelated to the pandemic, I ended my convention. So I was doing, I had 10 years of running the show and all these wonderful people, Peter Lippert, um, Joe, Kevin Clark, all my friends like Ben and Amanda and I'm Michelle. I'm just gonna, I'm not going to have enough names, but essentially like, that whole crew, I was getting to a point where I was doing too much, and it was it's tough to run a convention and work and try to do a social life. And so uh, we decided to end Kingdom Con on year 10, 
right we did all that had a big blowout was super cool we ended it at about 1500 to 100 people attending uh, which was cool for a show that we that we i actively did my best to keep it like local and hang out and just word of mouth growth and everything there uh, but we had all all these awesome folk that were all involved making the, all the gaming happen gail martindale and tyson and uh will and all those press gangers were making the war machine stuff happen we had the brought bash and everything there so that was super cool and then uh yeah so we had all the different gaming clubs so essentially that ended up and then you know, lucked out when the pandemic happened that I wasn't having to run a convention in April of 2020 because uh, that would have been difficult. Uh, Almost near impossible. Yeah, it yeah. Would, would have been the same, right? Yeah, so, it would, it, we all know that 2020 is a year we do not discuss. <laughs> yeah, totally, right? So it was, it was just like one of those things. So then I, there I was at the op doing all of that, and um, uh, which was cool. So we got to do that. And then about... That July, August, Steamforge Games reached out, and they were like, hey, we really want to get our U.S. distribution going. We want to get our U.S. trade stuff going, um, and we want to get more stuff out of crowdfunding into stores. Can you help out? And I was like, well, like, you know, all that. So I did it. they ended up offering me a pretty lucrative role, and I ended up signing on with them. Um, which was really cool. So I got to work for them for the last like, about a year or so. Uh, doing all the trade stuff, getting into the distro, doing a lot of things there, helping out with some crowdfunding stuff, and uh, which was cool. Working for a UK company was pretty neat. How was I, I, I always wanted to ask you how is that on time schedules? Sucked. Because yeah, yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> I, I meant to ask you that one time when I when I found out you you, you stopped you know, working as that job. I was like, I'm gonna kind of curious of how bad that 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 time jump because of course they're overseas oh and you're gosh. California eight, eight hours ahead. Right. So there I was like Oof. 6 a.m. calls like in and, and like up at 6 a.m. And and uh, which was which was crazy because like it was like I had to be up and awake and do I had I did a couple 2 a.m. calls with them and it was like nah like we're not we're not doing that. Um, so <laughs> we ended up doing these these like five six like this five six a.m. kind of things and then um yeah, I'd, I'd get them till about noon, right, and then have to go and do whatever. So uh, that ended up being pretty crazy, but yeah, it was good. I love working for them; they were super cool. And then about last October, um, you know, they it was a uh, there was a shift in, in the direction they were going, um, and it wasn't a place that I wanted to go. But I'm they could live where they're at where they're at now, and I decided to leave. And my my contract was going to be up anyway in a couple months, so I was like, hey, we'll, we'll just cut it early. And do that. And when that happened, I ended up getting a call from Isaac in Price from Civil Fair, the guys that do Gloomhaven, where I'm at now. And uh, so I'm, I'm been coming on as their marketing manager, and we've been gearing up for this big campaign. So I, I came right on as Frosthaven was delivering to people and backers and doing all of that. And now we're gearing up for our Gloomhaven Grand Festival is what we're calling it. So, yeah, so that's for, like, work stuff. I know I skimmed through a lot of the stories, but, like, that's <laughs> what I'm doing there. And then on a side note, uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff with different panels for shows. And so throughout the years, I helped with a lot of t tabletop programming for WonderCon and for Comic-Con. And then we've got all the different panels that we do for that, which has been super fun. Uh, during quarantine, I ran an event with them called D4. Uh, which was like a big online trade show. You can find it on YouTube. And we did like 30 panels with all bunch of different tabletop influencers and content creators and designers and publishers and artists and all these folk. And you can hear all about how to get involved in the industry and what they've been working on and everything there. 
which is cool. So yeah, and then and then uh, Jessica Fisher from Gameosity and myself run this group called the Tabletop Game Jobs Group on Facebook, uh, which has been around for like seven years now, eight years at this point. And someone directed me to that, by the way. Um, just, just, just to kind of I- interrupt on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. Some, someone said, "Hey." Because this was back when I was getting out of teaching. They're like, hey, why don't you try to get into the game industry? You know a lot of people. You've got everything going on. And so I was like, well, I, I know people, but I don't know people. And they were like, you should check out Ross's page and, you know, jump in there and look at it. And I, I'm really surprised about this because y'all moderate it very well. Y'all keep it going, hey, this is about jobs. We can't tell you anything that's not posted here type thing, so on and so forth. But we don't. you don't do drama. It's this is what it's for. If you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. But this is about the jobs. We just post about it. If you want more information, go see the job. Or when other people say, hey, here's the job. And then, you know, so we're going to ask questions and then they'll get to it. Because uh, I actually was offered uh, a couple of positions through your page. I had turned them down uh, because they were not what I was looking for and, you know, other different reasons. Um, but it is a very good resource. So I'm going to pimp this also with him. So this, if you're looking to get into it, you get, join the Facebook group, look at it, uh, be nice and courteous like, like your thing. Yeah. Just be, be cool. Cause there's a lot of information and like, there's one time I was on there and it was like 40 posts for 40 new jobs. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. let me look through. And I'm like, Oh shit. And then it'd be like a day or two. Nothing would happen, but there's a lot of stuff in there. So sorry to interrupt you, but. This, oh, you're is, all good. this is a very always... good resource that people need to know about if you want to get into the gaming industries. I mean, that group has been such an interesting side project, right? Because like, we don't make money on it. We don't do any of that. It's just a group. And I used to track the job openings and keep them on Excel mm-hmm. um, just because it was helpful for me to kind of know what's going on. Not that I'm like actively looking all the time, even though I have done a variety of positions and things. But it's more like it's just cool to know what, who's hiring for what, what are they doing. You can kind of get an insight into what companies are working on that way. And then oh, yeah. a lot of people were like, were like, hey, Ross, I want to come work in the industry. What can you do? And so I used to like, oh, well, here's this Excel sheet I have that links everybody's career page. And you can just go follow that. But essentially then there was some Facebook group chat I was in with Jessica. And she was like, oh, let's just make a Facebook group. So she went ahead and made the group and then added me as an admin and then – pretty much we just started doing all these posts and now essentially like for me it's like a pastime i'm like oh i got 20 minutes let me go on linkedin and see what's going on and i I have rss feeds that feed me different openings and then i've got a few different things i'll do where i just spend like an hour and then go pull everything up and get all that posted so yeah it's it's uh it was a trip i think the first time where the group really had it like hit me personally was i was at a show um, right after the pandemic, and I was, and I was, I was, and somebody came up and they were like, "Hey, I'm here because of that group you run, and you posted that job thing and all oh, that." Oh yeah, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like, ah, how cool!" And so, like that, I, I know, I know the group's a good resource, which is cool, and why I'm kind of like so admin heavy on it, because like there's so much drama and crap and business things with groups and things and all of that and our industry wants to be better but you know one good person what's like the one rotten apple spoils the bunch or whatever right like it happens and we and we deal with it all the time and like 
I'm a big believer in like making sure your faces are safe and you got to do all these things and act like I've cut off friends, you know, cause like, Oh shit, I was enabling you. I didn't realize that this was a problem like with these things. And so it's like, there we go. But same thing with that group. So with the group, it's like, we don't talk about a lot of that stuff. Obviously if a company is being, you know, fraudulent or that thing, we're not, we're just not going to share their posts in the group. What? Uh, you, 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 right. You're not going to like promote like TSR in their product. And <laughs> well, I mean, they, they got to be hiring to do any of those things. Well, right? they're going but bankrupt now. So there's other companies too that, you know, that are like, you're like, Oh, we're hiring. And I'm like, that's cool. We're not going to do that. But like, I mean, just to kind of get into like, it's the other day it was like, oh my gosh, Asmodee and Watsi are doing all this stuff. You shouldn't be posting their things. And I was like, look, like they're big companies. Like if we're not going to share Asmodee and which is the coast, that's like half the industry, buddy. So like, I don't know what you're going to get at there. Right. So, um, which is, which is crazy. So yeah, it's just one of those things where, um, I, that group's great and I'm glad we can do it. It helps keep me plugged in too. And I really like that a lot of publishers have been sharing their updates in there as well. So like like I'll see it where they'll make a Facebook announcement and then like I'll go to the approvals and like, oh, look, they already have it ready to go. All I got to do is hit share from there. And so uh, it's been good. I think we're at, I'm going to go pull it up right now. We're at about, um, what, almost 13,000 people in the group, um, which is really neat. Right. So um, it, it we had a big it, it goes in waves. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the group of people join and do all that. So uh, it's fun. And uh, I, I like yeah. that you had mentioned this. You liked it. Uh, you can actually see where things are trending in the gaming industry based on the jobs that are coming up because they're oh, like, totally. oh, we're hiring for a new project based on this. Or, hey, we're hiring because we, we need a new person. And you're like, uh, what happened to that person? Uh, oh, or you totally. know, all this stuff. You can, see the, you, can, you can see kind of the industry going around and moving in your Facebook group. Oh, it's, total, it's like, oh, this person's hiring for organized play again. Oh, this is or – this, or this company is doing – hiring for three brand managers. They're obviously going to be growing into a big thing, right? Oh, yep. this company is hiring for international sales and international brand manager. Oh, they, they've opened up their division, right? So you, you, you can track a lot of that stuff, which is neat. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I, I try to share a lot of group games, game company jobs that people wouldn't think of either. Because I, I think a lot of the time people go, oh, cool, I want to work in role-playing games. And they go – Okay, Watsi, Paizo, uh, uh, who else is hiring? And right? what? And what so, do you want to do? That's that's the one thing. Well, that that's I've the learned. main thing. Is is oh, sorry, you, you're, you're, but game, you're but right. It's, like, it's yeah. what do you want to do? Oh, I want to work in games. What do you want to do in games? Cool. What's your skill set? Right? Like it's it's a whole big thing. Not even skill, but, but like like what job do you want to do? Like for I, I work in marketing, right? So like for me, I'm like cool. I can do a handful of things. I know where my focus is on marketing. I know where I can handle stuff. But someone's like cool. I want to work in gaming and I want to do game design. I'm like cool. Now then like we can go on game design and be like, well, do you do you want to make the games from nothing or can you game develop? Right? Like could you work at a thing where you're going to do that or maybe you're the maybe you're the product manager. Maybe you're going to handle four different games being designed and help those go together and do all that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you aren't doing that. Maybe you're doing the graphic design for those board games, which is also game design, right? Like maybe you want to do these different things. So there's so many things when you break down that moment of, cool, I want to work in games. What does that mean? And I think a lot of people go, oh, cool, I just want to run demos and go to shows. And I'm like, well, that's an organized play coordinator or an event manager. 
Like, what are your event manager skills? Can you coordinate with Fern and do these things and book this stuff and get shipping and do all that? So it's, it's, you know, and it's not like I'm saying, oh, you shouldn't do it, but you know, you need to know what kind of jobs you can do. And if people are curious, like always look at the job above the job they're hiring for too, because that gives you a good idea of like what kind of skill sets you should be aiming to have, um, which is neat, right? So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. I would happily talk about how to get a job in the gaming industry for hours, right? And <laughs> I, I, but one of the big things for me that has been really cool to see that we have there's two big things that are great. One is that people are finally sharing what the what they're hiring the the amount, right? Like, the salary, salary, which I think salary is salary range, and uh, everything there. Not everybody's doing it. We're getting there, and I feel bad for people in the group that are like, oh, you need to share your salary, and I'm like, look, if they're not required to, they ain't gonna. No, right? yeah, no, and but also like you should if that's how the company is though. No, that's probably how their culture is a little bit, right? So that kind of gives you at the at the two way street there, right? Um, the other thing is, uh, if you want to work in the industry, go work for companies at shows, you know. And there's so many companies now that have to pay people and are making sure that's not just oh you work for us cool here's some here's some games. Swag. It's like it's like no. It's you're being paid 20 bucks an hour. You're being covered for your hotel. You're are you are they covering travel reimbursement? Are they covering these things? How many hours are you doing? The quality of work you're going to get out of somebody once you've removed that illusion of oh you might get a job out of this or it's a friendship transactional thing. But it's a no. You are being paid. It's a job. Of course we're going to have an awesome time and we're going to hang out running demos and doing games at Gen Con. But at the same time, knowing that it's paid people will show up and they will work hard and they will do all these things. But then also if you're brand new to the industry and you work for renegade games at one show and then we're for arcane wonders, the next show, now you've worked at two different companies. You've done these things and you know how that, how they function, how their back end is. You've gotten to meet the people that do that. And that's a way better way to network than just like hoping that you'll, they'll, they'll notice you on something. It sucks, but like there's a good part of this industry. that's very much who, you know, Oh, right yes. and very the much is there are ways to get in there uh whether you can go to the show or not right like there's there's ways you can be involved with their content creation there's ways you can be involved with editing there's ways you can be involved with their online community like with privateer press for a lot of the old school press gangers like we were running events for them and doing all these things and that made us many celebrities in a way Right. Like and in, in that kind of helped a little bit. So some people took it to a bad place or not, whatever. But like, hey, it's it's this person. Right. And they can go from there. But now it's like, cool. How do you make a name for yourself? And it's like, well, it, is that important to you? If not, then go work for them or do a thing and do all that. So, yeah, there's lots of different ways to be involved, uh, which is cool. So the, the, and there's also there's, there's no right way either. Right. Like, like there's so many people that have gotten involved in gaming that haven't played games and that's just fine too, right? Well, so. I mean, there's one of the things that I, I, I do notice on there that we're getting up on major convention season. We have Gen Con and all that stuff coming up. And a lot of game companies are like, hey, we're looking for someone just to work the convention. And you're like, okay, that's a good way to get in. Like you were saying, it's, it's a quick and easy. You don't have to quit your old job to come and help out at you know Gen Con. You just take a few days vacation or whatever and you get to see it and that can open doors. Um, but I mean, it's... It, the one of the things that I found out uh, and learning is I like project management. I everybody calls me the chaos coordinator, 
and that's sure pretty much what it is in when it comes to you know project managing on this stuff and i like that i like solving the problems getting anything get the gears running checking in you know all that type stuff and so that's the reason why i'm always looking for good project manager jobs and sure i'd love to work in the game industry but i always have to look out for myself first because <laughs> uh, right. the game industry is and i want to say notoriously but very rarely are you going to make a shit ton of money working in the game industry. I mean, there's people who are like, oh, I'm going to work here and they're going to pay me $80,000. I'm like, mm, okay, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm a janitor. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no. You just got to figure it out. Um, but one of the things before we get too far, because I know you have a wealth of knowledge that is incredible. The reason I brought you on here is because you have something very special coming up in what, two days? Oh my gosh! Don't say that. But yes, yes, it is. It is that close. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you um, only get technical, I can give you the right. No, of don't. Time. I don't. I don't <laughs> see any of that? I don't want to see any of that. The fact that like I'm even on this and it's Father's Day, I'm like, this is great. I'm glad we can do this, but also like it's gnawing at me that I could be doing more things, right? So it's yes. so it's so weird. But I'm, I'm which, which is fine, obviously. But um, so uh, we are gearing up for uh the Gloomhaven Grand festival which is the name we're calling it so we are doing the gloomhaven the crowdfunding campaign on backer kit for the gloomhaven role-playing game uh gloomhaven second edition and gloomhaven miniatures um so we don't go small at cephal fair <laughs> and we're as everybody who's gotten frost haven or gloomhaven period the, the box is like 45 pounds <laughs> yeah so, well, so Gloomhaven's 24, forget technical, uh, Gloomhaven's 24 <laughs> and Frosthaven's 35. Uh, oh my God. So it's, it's a, it is a game and a home gym all in one, uh, which is great. Um, but so essentially we're gearing up for Isaac has worked with a really cool RPG team and himself, and they've designed this really cool role-playing game that uses the Gloomhaven combat card system to do role-playing stuff and game stuff and everything there. So, And then so instead of dice, you're using the, the, the combat cards that flip up, 1 through 20, do all those kind of things there. You're playing in the Gloomhaven world, so it's got Harrowers and Inox and Algux, and you're in the city of Gloomhaven. There's eight different worlds you can go look at, so Frosthaven and then surrounding areas and all of that. It's going to have cards and all of that, too. I'm trying to figure out what I can say and what I can't because we pre Yeah, don't, so, don't, don't get in yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. So we've got... <laughs> All of that for the role-playing game, which is going to be awesome. Then we've got the uh, Gloomhaven 2nd Edition, which we just announced back on June 1st. So um, Isaac has worked with a really cool team, Drew and Dennis, who were, the, funny enough, the Gloomhaven Reddit mods, but also like super intense game developers that uh, I've worked with a lot of smart developers and designers over the years. And Isaac is like one of the smartest guys I've ever worked with. And then we added in Drew and Dennis, who are like, phd level mathematician game designer guys and boy do they know the puzzles and the mechanics and the shifting on this it's been mind-blowing to hang out with them so um they've retouched essentially 85 percent 90 percent of gloomhaven um wow. so it's got every character has been redone and remastered all the art has been remastered um all the mechanics in story has been remastered. There's a new reputation system. There's a new this. There's a new leveling up loyalty system. There's all these. There's more missions and solo missions for your heroes. There's more after missions for these things. And we've added ten pounds to the game, right? So like it's a whole. We've added all this stuff, which is going to be crazy cool. 
And then we've added a full miniatures line. It's essentially made to replace every single standee in the game. So we're going to have um, over 600 miniatures that are going to be in this thing. It's going to be the Gloomhaven base box that has like 270 miniatures. Oh, and yeah. then there's a Frosthaven box and the Jaws of the Lion and Forgotten Circles and all of these things. So, yeah, so we're doing all of that in one campaign because that's what we're doing. And so we're doing it on backer kit, not Kickstarter. Oh, and wait, so wait. We, But Kickstarter is where it's at. Kickstarter is where it's at, but when they why, announced... Why, why go to BackerKit? So when they announced they were going to be doing blockchain NFT support stuff, um, that red flagged a lot of publishers, yep. right? And uh, they still haven't really shared what the deal is with that, right? Even now, like a year or so later, um, which I look forward to seeing whatever that is when they finally do it, and hopefully it's nothing, right? But... Um, that so essentially Isaac was not for that, and we decided to go with BackerKit, and back, we asked BackerKit if they would do a front-facing crowdfunding program platform, and they said yeah. So they they launched that right away before we were ready to go, and so like you, that's why we've seen a lot of companies go on there. So like uh, Return to Dark Tower with Restoration Games and Green Ronin had a cool thing there. Big Bad Cons doing a big thing right now, and all that kind of stuff, right? So they've got crowdfunding is really cool. So we're going to be on that. But what's going to be fun about our campaign with them is we are pushing the boundaries of what crowdfunding is, um, <laughs> which I hate saying it's going to change the industry and do all these things and all that. But it's going to be pretty cool on some of the stuff we're doing. So essentially the big thing that I like that would not work in a traditional Kickstarter sense is because we have so many products the three major products and mm -hmm. then add-ons for these things for kickstarter normally to add an add-on you have to go in and increase the amount of your pledge and do a whole thing and do all that it's a lot of clicks it's a lot of work and then, and then when the campaign's done you got to remember what you upgraded your pledge for right and you got to go oh i wanted that thing oh i wanted that thing which is fine it works we're all used to it we're trained that way well for this campaign don't worry about it uh, essentially what you're going to be able to do is all the add-ons that you would add, you add that immediately when you back the campaign. So if you wanted to back for just the RPG and the miniatures line, you could back those things. When you go to back it, you'll click the button and then it'll bring up all the add-ons. And then in those add-ons right there, like, oh, I want to add this character pack or this, these deck of cards or these, whatever, whatever you want to add, right? You add it and then, then you, then you check out or or get it all done and then your pledge will be whatever you've backed for plus your add-ons and then you can go pull it up anytime during the campaign and see what you've pledged for so if you want to add more stuff add it in there remove it remove it not a problem but that way now you know what you've backed for instead of just kind of having this amorphous number and trying to track everything that you've remembered so that's gonna be pretty cool um they have a storyboard section on the side of the campaign page, too. So normally for campaigns, you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to find yep. the pledge thing or the gameplay this or the video that. We've got a whole table of contents on the side. So if you just want to find out what shipping information is or character preview this or all of that, that'll be on there, too. So you can go in and find all those things and do all that. Uh, which is, I kind of feel like I'm like, like I'm doing a call for a backer kid help right now. I'm like, here are all the things you can do, but but it's neat, right? So, but I'm kind of like living and breathing. So, uh, we've been, and then a cool thing too is that on the campaign page it has everything on it. But when you click the pledge you want, 
the pledge opens up for its own page too. And then so we've got all these cool previews and more stuff on there. So instead of trying to fit one page's amount of stuff for three games on one page, we've added more previews and things and stuff. And so, yeah, it'll be cool. I'm really excited for it. So, um, so I have a f- few questions about this because this is, you know, a crap ton of information. Yeah. So the miniatures, is it STL? Plastic, resin? They are the same quality of miniature that we did for Frosthaven. So it's that like board game plastic. Gotcha. Okay. So you're not doing yeah. an STL. So people know that you're not doing STLs. This no. is, you'll have to buy the things. Uh, there's only 600 of them. So, you know, you don't have to worry about you Yeah. Know. <laughs> it's only a few. Only, it's only a few. Well, if you, if you only want Frosthaven or Gloomhaven, you can get those individual boxes too, right? So you yeah. don't have to get everything. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because, I mean, a lot of people are trying to, and it, it, it's kind of a push in the industry to force people to do STLs on their stuff. And I'm like, guys, you got to understand, if you do an STL, they're losing money in the long run. Because those files, you're just going to keep printing them or doing whatever. And it's best to just do a single printing and get it done with. Where it's interesting because, like, on that, like, Alessio Calvatore has got his campaign going on right now where it's, like, a full fleshed-out miniatures game with, like, five different factions doing all these things. And it's all STL prints. Yeah. Right? And it's, like, that's really cool. But at the same time, that's different. Correct. Right? Like, it's it's just different, and I am so glad as an industry we're going in that direction. Like the fact that Wardheim in Warmaster and like like a lot of these things like with Sludge or what, what M twenty eight's doing, and all of those things there, like it's really neat. Um, but at the same time, you know, companies got to make money and do these things. Very much in, so. For, like, for like so, like I've got we've got like five game stores here in San Diego. We're very blessed to have a very very robust gaming community. One of the game stores has a 3D print farm upstairs and they have like five machines, right? And they subscribe to a handful of Patreons where they are just printing out miniatures and terrain and bases. And if you want to get certain kind of terrain blown up or shrunken down or certain kinds of bases, they'll just print it for you, right? And you can buy it like you would every other stuff. And that's so cool. Like, how I, I just bought a whole bunch of Tyranid terrain, or sorry, Alien Xenos terrain, <laughs> um, you know, for, for strut, a buddy of mine. Yeah, 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 right? So for all that stuff there, and it was like, that's great, you know? Like, I, I, how cool that that isn't provided by a certain company, and now they can go and get that. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure it's not the major bringer in for their store. No. Right? But, it, but, it, but they, they diversified and done that, which is super cool. Um, but we'll get there because this is all new stuff, right? Like 3d print machines, it's still more work to get it set up than it's worth for a lot of people. Right. So you can't just plug in and put the cube on and do that. And for a lot of people that like have problems drilling their barrels for guns or have <laughs> problems building droids for Shatterpoint, do you really <laughs> see those folk getting their Shatterpoint, getting their 3d printed stuff set up so they can print their miniatures and do that? No. But for folk like you, Gonzo, that want to print out all the all the terrain for their show, or for people that are running really intense Deadlands RPG games, and they want to make sure they can <laughs> deck out every single room and do all those I felt things. That was a call out to somebody. Oh, totally. Right? But it's <laughs> but it's but it's amazing that they can do that, right? But at the same yes. time, like look, look at Dwarven Forge, right? Like oh yeah, Dwarven Forge could totally be STL done and get it all printed up and do all that. But at the same time, it's not going to be Dwarvenite. It's not going to be 
painted. It's not going to do these things. And so we like our brands. We like our things. We're raised capitalistic, which freaking sucks, but it's how we are, right? Like we're tied to our brands and our things. And for gaming, we like waving those flags. And so being able to buy those things is pretty neat. But at the same time, man, like the STL revolution is coming and it's going to be really cool to see where that goes for the industry. So is it going to, is it going to be, uh, a huge game changer? No, but will it find its niche? Totally. Yep. You know? Um, I wanted to ask you about the RPG. Um, yeah. So this is a second edition is what you're saying. Correct? Uh, Gloomhaven's getting a second edition. The RPG is its own thing. Okay. I want to make people understand that because that, when it was coming across, I wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a second edition Gloomhaven, which I'm guessing is going to be tweaks and changes. and About 80% changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Type thing. But the old Gloomhaven is still usable and still playable. It no problem. It still was the number one board game on Board Game Geek for six years. <laughs> we're not sending the Pinkertons into your house to go take away your copy of the game, right? So... Ooh, that's a call out. <laughs> Blue Haven totally still works. It's still fantastic. Yeah. It's still amazing. But at the same time, it's a seven-year-old game. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and it's made by one white dude. Right? So, so, like, the you RPG know, a lot in the last seven years. The RPG, what, this is going to be your own core rule system? Or are you, are yeah. you borrowing? No. Well, uh, so we have this game system from uh, the number one game on Board Game Geek for the last six years. Uh, <laughs> that we're going to turn that system into a role-playing game. Yeah, so you're right? not like you're so, not reskinning. This is not like a, a, a fifth edition type skin. No, yeah, right now, we're, not, we're not doing a 5e compatible thing. We're doing a, a Gloomhaven compatible system um, where it's using uh, not the same cards, but if you have played Gloomhaven, this card system mechanic will be 100% familiar for you. And you'll be able to plug right in and do that, which is great. So, gotcha. Um, can you give us any details on the RPG? Like any like classes, races? Well, like what's that? cool is there's so we're gonna have classes and ancestries that you'll be able to do stuff for. Right now, if you go on the Penny Arcade Twitch from Pax Unplugged 2022, we had the main stage where we had uh, Isaac play with Jerry and a couple different folk and that was an early look at the rpg uh which is cool but essentially it's got that neat system where you're going to be able to kind of use the, the 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 gloomhaven cards to do your different stuff we've got a, a bunch of new fleshed out versions of the races and of the classes and we've got these so instead of like backgrounds or things everything is i think it's like it's pretty diverse with what we've been able to do and provide stuff in a way that's inviting and and uh, I'm really happy with what we've been able to do with the system. So the I've, I literally just finished traveling for the last two and a half weeks getting these live plays done. We filmed with Good Time Society and Penny Arcade and Pixel Circus. And we've got Deborah Ann Wool and Mark Muir playing in a game on Friday, right? So we're doing all these things there. Um, and they all loved it. You know, like it was just like, oh my gosh, I think what's, I mean, you're going to get another rant out of me, right? But I, I think this whole critical role in Dimension 20 and, and everything in like Adventure Zone, everything is so D&D focused, right? That like a lot of the community that I, that I get to hang out with in LA, they roll up and they don't have to learn a new game. They can just play D&D and it's just them improv and they can do their stuff and they're good to go. And it's very entertaining and it's awesome. And what was really cool was forcing those gamers to have to learn a new system and then try to make it entertaining at the same time. And 
what was really interesting to me, this is you're going to get a cool behind the scenes thing, but it was uh, we recorded the Good Time Society game, and we had Alex Ward as the as the GM, who's just the coolest guy. He runs the best horror and creepy thing stories, and like he opens up and you're in Gloomhaven, you're in this thing, you're in the sewers, there's oozers, no, 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 whatever. But the crew, like the film crew was like so involved because they were trying to learn the system so they could understand what was going on because it's not just D and D. Yeah. So they're like, Oh, all this whole thing there. And so like when the, like half of the game, they're like, how do I go by Gloomhaven? What is Jaws the Lion? Like, how do I do this thing? <laughs> like, I, I want, I want to learn the system. This, this mechanics are awesome. And it was a very genuine kind of like, I, I, they weren't just buttering me up. They were like, yo, Blue Haven's super cool. And I'm like, yeah, like there's a reason that this mechanic has been so successful for Isaac in this <laughs> game because it worked. So I think the RPG is going to be a really neat way to explore the world of Gloomhaven that has a, has a fanatical fan base, right? And with a with a combat, with a card mechanic system that is mechanically sound and challenging, Right. So it's it's a puzzle oriented one that that makes you have to number crunch just enough to. Oh, my. Okay, cool. My initiative is because you're already built in with the initiative system and the cards, things there. And you've got to make sure you've planned everything out. It's just fun. It's cool. I'm I'm always pushing people to try new stuff. I mean, I'm I'm a huge RPG fan. I collect RPGs. I, you know, I I'm like, ooh, cool new RPG. Let me grab it. I'll read it, you know, if I like it, you know, I'll incorporate it or whatever. Because I'm also like you. I'm like, D&D. No D&D like the back of my hand. Can play it, yeah. can sit down. Here's my D20. Here's my race. Here's my thing. And we're good I'm, to go. Uh, yeah, we're good yeah. to go. But I'm like, I like games like I, I run a Unity uh, RPG, which is a very small game. And it actually it went defunct. Um, something happened to the guy that owned it. Um, they only brought out one book and a GM screen. But it is a very good system. And it is very entertaining. And I've brought these people that have never played anything but D&D. And they're like, whoa, this is different. This is good. And I says, yes, this is the reason why you've got to look at other RPGs all the time. And now, if you're just doing a reskin or, you know, you're, you're 5e compatible, cool. That, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But if you're going to be no. bringing me something new, I'm more intrigued and willing to purchase it. If right. it's something new and interesting type stuff, which I really like. Um, can you discuss uh, what costs are? Like- uh, no, we haven't previewed that. But I will say that Isaac is somebody that in our opening stream for Gloomhaven first, second edition, like the chat was like, oh my gosh, do I have to buy this? And Isaac's like, no, don't feel like you have to buy this. Um, and he's made things very attractive. I don't think anybody's going to be upset at the pledge level costs for stuff. So um, I think it's going to be cool. So, are y'all um, doing? Um, like I said, it, it, guys, I'm going to ask him questions. If he can't answer, he's not going to answer. But are y'all doing a PDF version of the RPG? Or no, is it only no, physical no. copies. It's only, only be, at this time, right? We may have more stuff we announce during the campaign, um, but as of right now, all we, all we, you know, just physical is the plan. So, yeah. Do you? Can you discuss when you think you will fulfill your backer kit? Yeah, so it's going to be neat, right? So we're doing a bunch of different waves for things, and because it's going to like Frosthaven, because we're also including a Frosthaven reprint, okay, uh, in in the campaign too. So if you didn't get Frosthaven and you want to get that, you can get it in that. And all we got to do is do some, you know, some typo updates and some things here and there, and then hit print on that. So like, we're we're probably going to have multiple waves for this uh, for this campaign, 
which will be which will be good. So you know, it's not like we're gonna have gamblers' chests just shipping six years later kind of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, it'll be I, I I think you know twenty four, maybe twenty five for some stuff, right? But we're gonna be just fine. So. Well, I mean, right now, a lot of people are having, I want to say issues, but everybody's always concerned about stuff that's out because, I mean, I I, I, back to Kickstarter recently, and I don't have a problem. I understand this industry a lot more working behind the scenes. Like, shipping is a big issue right now. Uh, Paper is a big issue uh, type thing. And so if if someone says, hey, I'm going to get this to you in six months, I'm like, "Mm, okay, I'm not going to expect it in six months. But I'm okay with that because when you're kickstarting or backer-kidding something – Things happen. Things change. Yeah, right. crowdfunding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to take some some finagling <laughs> type well, stuff. And well, so we ended up using for 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 Frosthaven, thirty four pound board game, quantity size one, for <laughs> for a thing, thirty fit on a pallet, right? Um, a thousand fit into a container, you know, like, like so. We ended up. It's not a lot of companies can handle that. Mm-mm. So we ended up going to this company called Where to Go. And they're a UPS offshoot company, and they've got like 40 different fulfillment centers all across the U.S., the whole thing there. And they were able to crank out fulfillment for Frosthaven. And and it was great because we couldn't go to the normal Quartermaster or Bridge or any of the companies that people normally use for fulfillment because they just couldn't. They're like, oh, yeah, great. When we expand, we can, we can <laughs> handle that. And we're like, cool. Well, it's on a boat now. So unless you're going to build a whole new part of your warehouse in the next, uh, you know, two weeks, um, we can't do that. So we had to go, you know, kind of get that all figured out and everything in there. So it was pretty crazy because we ended up having to, to, you know, do all this stuff. And so it was, uh, it was good. So, yeah, we, so I, I think we're going to be using a lot of them. And the, we had a lot of uh, overseas partners, too, with Spiral and vr and whoever else was doing stuff and it's all over the place and so it was really good to make it happen so we're i mean we've got that figured out the transition from gloomhaven to frosthaven was a massive thing i mean frosthaven was the biggest tabletop kickstarter ever right and so being able to go from that to this is pretty neat so i'm I'm pretty jazzed and when so we've uh for me to know we've been linking all of uh everything you've been talking about in our chat and we'll link it when we post it up on live um when does it go live uh 10 a.m on tuesday pst are you you sweating me yes as i say it yeah it's very live it's a very i was like Oh, yeah it's 10 a.m pst on tuesday i know that i'm i'm gonna be backing at least the rpg uh, because sure. I, I'm, I'm a huge RPG fan, uh, and I always love it, and also I love supporting my friends uh, in any way possibly I can. That's one of my big things in my life is if I ever get rich, I would still live in the same house and same shitty area, but I would spend money on helping my friends be successful in buying their products. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it, it, it's it's what has to do. Uh, so I know that I'm, I'm definitely picking up the RPG uh, type stuff. I, I'll look at the other stuff. I mean, I already own Gloomhaven. I'm not going to buy a second one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> type thing but i definitely and, I, and i'm definitely gonna look at the miniatures because i'm always a big miniature fan and i know that whenever you buy miniatures yes it's for gloomhaven but you know what it also is for every other fucking game you have and that's about. exactly <laughs> the point is and the price point on these is gonna be cool so as a miniatures guy it's like cool i can use these for a lot of everything things. yeah so, and that's what i'm saying yep. there are so many people that you just have so many miniatures that you can 
play them in anything. Okay. Uh, so is there anything before we hit the media section and uh, we grace you with the wonders of a uh, space herpes? Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about or pimp out before we go to that? Um, I'm trying to think, right? Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I, I think I'm pretty good. Um, there's a, yeah, come, I mean, come see what we've been working on, 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 on Tuesday. Um, I've also been planning live stream content pretty much every day of the campaign too. Okay. So we're going to have, uh, live plays with, uh, RPGs with 2.0, um, painting hangouts, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, it should be, pre- be pretty cool. Are you going to be doing these YouTube, Twitch, Facebook? They're going to be on the, uh, so it's called Gloomhaven TV. Uh-huh. And then if you go on the campaign page, it'll be on there. So it, the goal is it's going to be embedded on the page and you can just see it as it's there. So also new to Biker Kit is being able to do that. Right. So, uh, which is cool. So. Cool. Let's go over to the cool thing. Oh, look. Yeah. Mizzy's all messed up in this one too, but we'll fix that. Chaos Goblin. Yes, you are my chaos goblin. <laughs> uh, so for people that are new or just listening, uh, this is our media section. This is kind of where we wind down the podcast, have a little fun. Uh, and we have a two rating system. I've already uh, briefed uh, Ross on this. And for our listeners, you already know this. We have two rating systems. First one is, is the movie or the media closer to Casablanca or Cats? And we're talking about Cats the movie, not the musical. Uh, Broadway play. Uh, Cats the movie is the worst movie ever made. And Casablanca is near perfection. Uh, and we also have our second one, which is how many space herpes. The fewer space herpes, the better. If you don't know what space herpes is, go take and rent out a movie called Ice Pirates. You can find it on Amazon. It is quality entertainment for the 1980s. It is so bad, it is good. Um, so we're going to go again. <laughs> I, I, I forced people to watch it, and they were like, y'all got away with this shit? I said, yeah, we got away with this. Um, but this was a, it was a product of its time which people have to understand. Um, so to give you an idea, let me go ahead. I've gotten quite a few things that uh, that I've been trying to get through. I watch a lot of movies or medias in the background. So one of the things that I watched, uh, and I've been dying to see this movie for a long time, was 3,000 Years of Longing. Um, and it is a movie where a woman finds a genie and she has to... Uh, discuss and talk about the things with the genie and they learned a love story it kind of reminds me of um big fish where it's a the genie's telling the stories about his life and so you're seeing a bunch of interesting things come around um and it's actually really really different and that's the best way to put it it is not your typical movie it is a bunch of sh- kind of like short stories all combined into it. Uh, acting is very good. Um, actors are great. Uh, the story's great. The, uh, the ability to see all these people in all these different timelines. Yeah, a very Arabian Nights type feel to it because they go through all these different timelines. Uh, and then coming into, and it's filmed very differently, like the angles that they project, like going down low or up high or you know to the sides and all this stuff. Uh, was very good and very different. Um, was it a perfect movie? No. Was it very entertaining and worthwhile? Yes. Uh, it is free right now, I believe, on Peacock. Or, um, no, not Peacock. 
No, Amazon Prime, I think is what it is. But it is out there for free on some streaming service. We've got like 90 of them now, but it's free somewhere. I can't remember exactly. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I like good storytelling, uh, and especially if, you, if a story can keep me glued to it and not on my phone while I'm watching it. It's a good right. story. That's my big thing is I'm very easily distracted. And if a show can keep me on it, I'm happy. I'm, I'm it's on gonna... Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime. Yeah. So, so And Apple TV if you want to rent it. But Yeah, why rent it when you can free get stuff. it for free? free uh, so on a, on a scale of space herpes, I would give it... I would probably give it a one space herpes. There's a little slow parts and a little things, but nothing that made me turn it off or be worried about it. Um, but for the most part, it was enjoyable. Uh, I I don't feel like I wasted my time watching this. That's good. So, Russ, year ago. Newest thing I watched, huh? Without going It could be anything. It could be even if it's something new, but if it's something old that you rewatched or... I mean, I saw Spider-Man across the <sighs> Spider-Verse for the third time yesterday, so... Um, That's not a bad thing. Yeah, that was pretty good. I still I can't get up to the theater with that. that. <laughs> Miles yeah. Morales is my favorite Spider-Man, and so I'm, like, jonesing to go see this. I just haven't had the time. Oh, go, go, <laughs> go, go. I, I would happily see it again. It is, it is great. It's uh, I have it up with Empire, I think, for when I, I get my like top like movies I really enjoy. So, um, which is cool. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. I, that's kind of my newest thing. But I, I guess without going crazy new new, oh, what have I? So so I just it, finished it, watching the first season of uh, uh, Strange New Worlds. Right. To get all caught up on that. Can we can we do that or is that a thing? Oh or? yeah. Uh, so, so Strange New Worlds has been out for a while, so you can spoil that. Great. The first season, we'll talk about the start of season two shortly, because that's sure. going to be kept amazing. But yes, yeah, so you can spoil you can spoil Strange New World. Oh, we, but we, we, I mean, we, we don't need to. But like, it was uh, it was real good. You know, like it was. Uh, I had watched a bunch of the episodes. I just hadn't watched it in like order, right? For some reason, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get on that. And it's such a good like. You look at Picard season three, right? Which is a whole like really good trek too, and then you look at strange new worlds and then lower decks as well and then even prodigy right and you're like what a great time we're in right now to be getting new star trek that's fun and inclusive and exciting and good stories and including good people so it's it's neat because the amount of stories we can tell and keep tell is going to be great so i'm i'm jazz more 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 star trek right like it's just it's uh, let's keep it going so Absolutely. Could not agree more. Um, everything that you've said, um, my, my friend who's a big Star Trek nerd, like big, big, agrees every bit of what you just said. Like, it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. And it's just like they figured out a good like if they can keep doing what they're doing with those shows. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be good times. There's some stuff where like I'm glad we got to do. Picard season three and kind of give that TNG send off and really do that well, uh, which was good. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's so weird. The fascination that the star Trek, um, company has with that TOS era, right? Like it's, uh, you know, and it's, I think a lot of fans have been dying for some TNG style stuff, which I think is why lower decks does so well. Cause it's in a, 
it's in a very well fleshed out world that we know and they can play around with it and do all those things there so it's it's cool that you know strange new worlds is able to take that in a good way i i, I could i could do it all day I, I, cool. there's no uh there's uh, on a cool note if you guys don't follow todd stashwick on twitter and instagram you need to go and do that oh um, that's so much fun yeah so to for those that don't know todd is uh, captain shaw uh for um Picard season three uh huge nerd huge nerd like D uh rpg the that kind table of stuff. he's got oh it's so cool oh. right he just posted up that he had Jerry Ryan and Jonathan Frakes and like all of them playing a game together and it's just like, of Glorious. course everybody should have their own moments at home and enjoy their home games. But like, yo, I would pay money to watch that game, right? <laughs> like, how do we do that? So yeah, it's just fun and like and and, and what a good pickup. It's funny for like season three too because you're like, I I'm I want to know what the pitch meeting was like. Hey, we're gonna bring you in to be this captain alongside all these historic people. And then whatever happens to you happens to you. So like, you know, enjoy that. And <laughs> it's been really neat that um, just, you know, him embracing all of that has been cool. Todd, Todd's a good guy. So it's cool to see all that kind of happen and, and do all that. So it's been fun. Well, yeah. we're, we're at a new, and, and I say this, and I've said this too, we're at a new era of good Star Trek. Yeah. Of really good Star Trek too with that. Not just good. I'm talking about really good. Now, yeah. Picard season two did not care for. It was way off. Get nothing. Season three, great Star Trek. Gives an ending to the next generation people. Let them go. Let them. They're there. Let them go. They. They. You've gotten the fun. Let those guys rest. And then Wait. Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds is just incredible. Let's uh, keep it going, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the first time the first episode of Strange New Worlds came on and they were talking to uh, the captain was talking to them about, you know, all the infighting and they showed footage of uh, the January 6th. I went, holy shit. They're not pulling punches with this TV series now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, but they, it's, they, they don't need to. You no, know, it's, it's it, I think if you're watching Trek, you, you know what's up. But at the same time, like it's 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 Trek, you know, and oh, yeah. there's times where. It's it's gonna get. I, there was a whole, uh, you know, there's a whole Twitter thread uh, yesterday talking about how oh they never called out these things directly in old Trek and it's like, did you watch any of Deep Space Nine, dude? <laughs> like, did you did you watch any of these certain episodes? Like, this episode is about this thing. Like, like how did you not? Oh, it's yeah. all. When did Star Trek stuff. become political and woke? And yeah. I'm like, dude, in the '60s, bro. Yeah. Right? <laughs> when like, it came out. <laughs> yeah. So. It's just funny because, I mean, we could talk about that stuff in a way that doesn't get to you, but it's like, it's funny the reimagining that people try to create for their realities, mm -hmm. right? And, and setting it that way. And you're like, well, that perspective is very interesting in that world that you live in that is very this. And all these things are not made to serve just you. You know, like we have to, like, all these things are made for a larger audience that needs to push initiatives and do things because art does that, story does that. Yes. And, when your whole culture is made to drag things down instead of build things up, you know, you're going to get yourself stuck saying some dumb things online. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I got, I got a lot of things on that too, but you don't see that online. So it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, but it's, it's, it's good times. And I, I think in general, kind of to sum a lot of these things up, what a good time to be a nerd. Oh, yes. a geek. 
and to be all these things, right? Like we've got so many companies that are coming out with cool stuff. There's so many good opportunities to get involved and do things, whether you want to make it your profession or do it for a hobby. The 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 amount of resources to figure out how to do game design, how to make make cool interactive games, and do all these things is really neat. And then we're pushing for more inclusion and more openness and more, you know, just communication that wasn't a thing even five years ago, right? Oh no, no, so, yeah, we were talking about. Uh, I was talking with my friends, and we were like, I, I'm watching, and I'm, I'm going to kind of cut Mizzy off on her chance, but the new Wonder Years started back. And it is, you know, with with a black family this this time is the new the new one. And this episode covered someone dressing in drag, and they were like, "Yeah, people dressed in drag back in you know the Vietnam era too. This is not this is not something new. This is not something that's you know a new appearance." And I'm like, they they were talking about stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, I remember when you could smoke on a plane, when you could you know smoke in a restaurant, and all this stuff." And I was like. There, there's a product at the time, and you look back on it, and you're like, wow, okay. Yeah, I remember when you couldn't do that. Now you can. You know, I remember, I, I, I joke, and I don't say I joke, but I'm, I'm very happy. Like, most of my RPG group that I'm running right now, there's one guy, and I've got five girls. Right. You would never have seen that 10, 15 years ago. Ah, you aren't putting, putting the right groups there, buddy. Well, I would say so. I wouldn't have seen it. When I was really playing heavy hardcore in my teen years, well, I mean, I am fifty. So, but at the same time, though, not not that you weren't open in that, but like, how how was the culture of it all? Correct. Women, everybody, everyone's a nerd. Everyone's a nerd in their own way on 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 a thing, whether it's sports or D anD D or whatever and all that. But where they play and how you play is is a thing, and. I think game stores definitely were dominated by a certain audience. Very right? much so. And and gaming cons were dominated by a certain audience. And we're seeing a lot of pushback now that, hey, like companies are actively just, you know, punching through. And they're like, we are doing this now. Deal with it. And it's funny that even though the folk that are really, you know, angry about it, I don't even think they're mad about people playing games. They're just mad that they're, they're losing my my precious you know (laughs) yes very much so and it's but we're seeing it like the ability to spew hate on the internet is one click right and it's so easy to do that and because people don't know how to deal with reality changing they they we're having this whole thing and that kind of that line can apply to everything but that that whole thing is there, right? So it's it's good. I, I'm just glad that gaming's going in a di- in a good direction because it's more fun that way. Oh yeah, right. game's yeah. good. Doing more inclusion is, is good, better. So. I mean, you get yeah. you get cooler people. You get you know brand new things. Everything's just happening. I mean, acceptance is key. Whether it is, and we've got it. We've got to make sure that those people feel accepted and they can come in and they can play. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's new for me because. I've never had that, but I'm like, this is cool. I get to, you know, I get to bring a whole new section of people into the game because most of my people that are playing are brand new to role playing. Which period. is great. Yeah. I'm like more people, more nerds, more people I can talk about nerd shit with. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the, the amount of, the amount of like high powered women that I have met who played D and D in the last like two, three years, 
blows my fucking mind because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I would never peg you for a gamer. Oh, we play D and D twice a week. No, 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 no. And I'm like, fuck you. It's more than I get to play. What yeah. Are, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh yeah, we do this over brunch and all of that. And it's just like, cool. I'm so glad that exists and all of that. And so, but like, but on this next boat here, like on that whole thing, Warhammer is like one Henry Cavill movie away from going, <laughs> going full general populist thing, yeah. right? And it's going to be really, I think, with with tenth edition and how they've prepped that and how easy it is to buy into it, we're we're one one damn block away from like seeing that in the much larger culture, and that's going to be interesting when that all happens. Like that, the D and D movie was a good thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent right there. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. We'll see. Right, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's my uh, that's, that's my gaming TED talk, right? So, that's good. <laughs> Captain yeah. Busy, do you have a uh, media that you want to discuss? Um, I watched the 2019 animated Adams Family the other day. Ooh, um, sorry. It's <laughs> all right. Um, so I had seen it when it came out in theaters for my birthday. I think uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I went and saw it in theater in 2019. Um, but my friend Erica had never seen it. And she's like, you know, I'm interested. And we, we were trying to find something to watch. And we were like, well, let's just watch this. Like, I like it. You haven't seen it. Let's do it. So we did it. And it was fun. Um, it's, it's a different take. I feel like, um, yep. it, it, it's not what you would expect. Like, yes, but no. Right. Um, and I just I, I love what they did with Pugsley. Pugsley was great. Um, the explosives. Oh my god, I love the explosives. This is the so, best part. I have an interesting <laughs> question for you. Yes. So did, did, did you watch Wednesday? Yes. So, and then you've watched, of course, the OG movies, right? Yes. Yes. So, there are two universes for Adam's family. I feel like there is the movie world that we all grew up with. Yeah. And then there is the comics world that the license is attached to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the the property owners don't know which route to go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, because I think we all want Adam's family from the movies and the whole thing and all of that. And they've been going much more toward the classic comics, which, like, really no one here grew up with. Right? right. And it's like, oh cool that's how this is and so you see people going oh well that's actually how the family was and it's like i want the caring family movie stuff more than i don't know it's interesting right so i don't know see i'm 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 with me with the animus family i'm you know the the movies which is you know the 90s ones with you know christina ricci angelica houston raul jules because those were to me those were great now, those are flawless. Those, to me, are, are almost near perfect. I enjoy those a lot. And yes. Roll Julia is the perfect person for that role. I oh, mean, yeah. he, he, him as Gomez was just amazing. So, Mizzy, what do you give What do you give the cartoon? I'm going to give it one and a half. One and a half, okay. The, the, there, there were a few things that I was like, <clears throat> I don't really like. Um, but, like I said, I loved what, what they did with Pugsley. <laughs> It's just shenanigan fun. I love it. Awesome. So. Um, 
one thing we're talking about, and this is going to be uh, spoiler-free so we don't ruin it. Um, we did get a little bit on Star Trek, but season two has started of Strange New Worlds. I, I said this, if you don't follow me on Facebook or whatever, if I don't get more Carol Kane in Star Trek, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow a gasket. I love her as an actress. She's amazing, and I love her character in this because she is just incredible. She brings a good comic. She brings a good story. She brings a good personality. I have to have more Carol Kane. If not, yes. I'm going to have lead a protest, and I'm going to go walking around with signs getting her back in this because she was amazing in this. Season one, or season two, episode one, great. No problems whatsoever. Well, I need to go watch that then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Especially with Carol Kane. She's excellent. I I mean, I've had a crush on her since I was like, you know, knee high to a grasshopper type thing. And she's just amazing (laughs) actress. And I actually saw her do the Broadway play uh, Wicked in person when she was on the Wicked cast. And I was like, oh, it's Carol Kane. Yes, I'm going to go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Type thing. So, uh, Ross, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Um, we got a few more minutes. No, I'm just I'm I've just been a wonderful conversation. I'm glad we got to do this and nerd out and do things. And uh, yeah, I, I like talking nerd stuff. So I thank you both what? for having me on. Right. So <laughs> you like to talk about yeah. nerd stuff? It's like you're in the I industry could, or I something. I could not tell at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Type thing. So um, I did. Um, let's see. Other things that I watched uh, real quick. Uh, quick reviews. I watched the new Shazam. Did not care for it. I was not impressed with it. It was more of like a filler thing, and I was like, mm, I'll probably skip it. Um, and then I tried watching American Born Chinese, which is a Disney Plus show uh, with I Michelle Yeoh. I've, I've heard mixed things. I It's boring. I'm going to tell you right now, I was very bored with it. I was. I tried to get How through like three, you in? like three or four episodes, and I was like, oh. I, don't, I can't do it anymore. Still? Yeah. Nice. I just couldn't get it. I'm like, mm, I think I'm just going to hold off on this when I got like more time type stuff. But uh, I'll definitely have more to start because we got more shows coming up. New things are happening. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the new season of Justified. Uh, yes. I'm like, oh so. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, Justified. I'm like, yeah, to, uh, yeah him playing, re- reprising his role and he's in a big city. I can't wait for him to fuck up people. <laughs> oh, they're, oh, they're going to get... Oh, mm, 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 mm. I'm just... I'm yeah. like, oh. I mean, because Justified was a great series and was perfect and it was a lot of fun, really good, and they ended it. I was like, cool, they ended it. And they're like, nah, we're going to come back, but he's going to be in the big city. I'm like, oh, hell. It's going to be like a Crocodile Dundee type situation. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be a ton of fun. What a good role for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he is the perfect role. Um, but everything started coming out and I was like, yes, I'm very happy with this. Uh, new season of Alone started. Uh, yes, the guy from Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, a new season of Alone started and I like Alone, you know, for those survival stuff. I just enjoy it because I like to see, I don't like when see, see people suffer, but I like seeing people improvise, adapt, and overcome um, type thing. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. Mizzy, you got anything? Ross? Final um, count? We don't have enough time for, for the other thing I watched. Oh, yeah, we did. We will talk about <laughs> it next week. Uh, guys, we, uh, just to give you a spoiler for next week's episode, we had our, one of our gaming group, one of our RPG friends has never seen Lord of the Rings, ever. 
That's crazy to me. Yeah. We rectified that situation. We're rectifying yeah. that situation. We got uh, episode one in, and uh, so we'll work on the other ones. But we we had a very good conversation of why it's still one of the greatest fantasy movies of all time and why it's hard to break that um, type of stuff. But we'll do that. Guys, it is time for the show. We will be sending you off to the Pyro Club. They will be playing some D&D. Uh, our good friends will be over there. So make sure you, when you get over there, give them a shout-out and a like. Um, hopefully we won't catch them in the middle of a break because we usually do that. Uh, Ross, it has been... It, it would be very on-brand for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, Ross, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, like I said, I think you're an, an amazing human being. You've done some really cool stuff in the gaming industry. Uh, I think that you're, you're a wealth of knowledge beyond belief on, on any of that stuff. And if anybody has anything, you know, I know who to go to, and I know a lot of people can go to. You provide a lot of community, um, I would say help um, to everybody out there. You look after each other. You do a lot of cool stuff. You're an amazing human being, and I hope you keep on doing that for many, many years to come. Thank you very much, Conso. It means a lot. Yeah. So, guys, as always, be safe. Say something if you see something. Do something if you can. And if you can't, find someone that will. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm Izzy. And I'm Ross. Good night. Make sure you hit that raid button. Earn more points so Gonzo can wear ears. Yes. Horses so Gonzo has to wear more All ears. All the ears. <laughs> I'm not wearing fuzzy ones. There's no way. I'm not wearing, I'm not wearing fuzzy ones. <laughs> I will stick with my plastic ones. <laughs>